Welcome to Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. I haven't talked about hidden gold stories or anything like that for quite some time. It's not because I don't know anymore, it's just I've stopped telling those for a bit. So today I want to tell you about a couple of them that I find very, very interesting. One of them is very closely connected to me, and you'll see why in a little bit. First of all, there's one near Pagosa Springs that's called Treasure Mountain. The story around Treasure Mountain is that the French had come into the territory there, although it was owned by Spain at that point. They had come in from the north, had snuck into the territory, and, and many had done that for furs, for different things. And there was one group had come in and they found gold. And so they spent at least a whole summer and probably more in getting the gold ore out of the ground. And at the same time, they're having to hide from the Ute Indians and they're having to hide from the Spaniards who are also in that area. There's a mountain called Treasure Mountain up on the Continental Divide, really, near Wolf Creek Pass, it's a place where many people go. There's some good fishing lakes back in there, and people have gone back there looking for the Treasure Mountain cache for many years. The story is that the Frenchmen had struck it very rich, but just as they were starting to get ready to load things up to try to sneak out of there, there were a group of Ute Indians who found them and attacked them. And it's possible there were some Spaniards as well. Most likely it was just the Utes. It was a big enough battle, fierce enough battle, that those Frenchmen decided that the only way they were going to get out of there alive was to bury all their gold ore and then make a run for it out of that area. And so they did that. And according to the story and the things that I've read, that there were at least three of them who made it off the mountain at that point. One of them may have been wounded, but that's how fierce the battle was. Because at one point, it was probably a group of 15 to 18 men, uh, maybe even more, and most of them were killed in that battle. According to the things that I've read, the battle took place all over where Treasure Mountain is, but that's a big area. It was a kind of a running battle, maybe as long as three days as they're trying to escape there from those Ute Indians, and they had buried the gold ore. They finally got away and went uh, north I believe, and finally wound up somewhere near North Platte, somewhere in there. I think one of the other guys died, probably the one who had been wounded. And eventually they made their way on up to, I believe, the Mandan village there, eventually got out of there. They had some record of what they had found and some of the people who had been involved but as they left, of course, it's a hard area. And this was happening somewhere around the 
50s, somewhere in there. So it's not easy to get around. As they got away, there may have been two survivors. They got all the way eventually to Quebec, French Canada, and may have gone on back to France. But none of them ever came back. There was the record that they had found the gold, that the ore was there, that it was buried at a certain spot, but it was indistinct. And so for many years, people have tried to find out where it is. They've looked at all the records that were kept uh, at the journals. A couple of the journals evidently made it out, but they weren't exactly precise where that treasure had been hidden. As you go into Pagosa Springs and you go on up towards Wolf Creek Pass on the highway there, just as you get to the foot of Wolf Creek Pass, you'll come to a place that's called Treasure Falls. And that little stream comes from the area up by Treasure Mountain. And many people believe that the gold is hidden somewhere between those falls and Treasure Mountain. But again, that's a huge area. And then it could be on almost any side of Treasure Mountain. It's kind of a little flat top, little mountain, but again, it's a large area. And as far as anyone knows, no one has ever found it. No one has recorded that, and I'm sure most people would have let someone know if they had found, because at the time, from what was recorded, it was probably about $3 million in gold ore that had been buried. That would be about the equivalent of $152,550,000 today. So it would be quite a find if someone were able to find that. I do know that back in, I suppose, 1988, 89, somewhere in there, there was a guy helping like blaze away for, I think, a, an old road for timber up there. And as he was going along, it had been raining and with his uh, caterpillar, he was trying to push some rocks out of the way. And finally, after the rain stopped and he was tired, he got off of his caterpillar and stepped out on a big rock that pushed out of the way and looked down with the sunlight and on the rain, he suddenly realized that it was just covered in gold. It was actually enough gold to be considered a gold nugget. And it was quite a large stone. So I think that it eventually was given to Colorado School of Mines. I'm sure the guy that discovered it made some money out of it. But there's gold up there. There's no question about that. That was kind of up towards the Treasure Mountain area, not as far up as that, because that's up in wilderness area. But I'm telling you that just to let you know, there is gold, and there's a lot of gold all in that country. That's one of the stories, and I think it would always be exciting and fun to be able to find something like that. If it ever is found, it will probably be entirely by accident by somebody who just discovers a hole at a particular time and finds all this gold ore in it. There are some novels written about the 
Frenchman's Cache or the Frenchman's Mine up there on Treasure Mountain that are interesting reading, but probably not based on complete fact, a little bit of the facts, but not everything. There are other mines in that whole area, but the one I wanted to tell you about here, and I'm not even sure it was a mine, that there was a time when I found something that I am not sure even today what I found. I think I've told you before that the Spaniards used to hide their mines because when they would go away for the winter and things like that, they would go and, and they would hide it either with some sort of ore bucket with a cable coming out of the ground or something like that. I know those stories. I hear about them. And one time I was actually guiding a couple of people on an elk hunt. It was supposed to be a trophy elk hunt. I've told you some about that. But on the hunt that did not turn out to be real successful, I was going down a mountain and there was a guy with me that I was leading and he was quite a ways back. He was from South Africa and didn't know much about the country, didn't really know where we were. And uh, the other guy I was guiding, I'd sent up another direction. And so I'm walking down this pretty steep hill coming down towards where I knew I was coming out to a, to a certain creek. And as I got there, I was waiting for this guy to catch up to me. I noticed a, uh, a fairly large hole in the ground. And that captured my attention, I will tell you. Uh, but as I walked up to it, I couldn't get very close to look down in it because just, you know, just how holes like that, they begin to slough off and there's not a sharp edge. And I didn't have anything to hold on to, to lean and look over. And I just couldn't see down in there. I picked up a rock just to toss it down there to see how deep it was. And the rock goes eh, and hit something metal, clank. Now, it was not like a tin can clank. Now, first of all, understand, we are out in the middle of a wilderness area. We are in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know what a tin can would be doing in there or a beverage can or something. I feel like I was the first white guy in a long time to have even been along there. But I didn't know what it was. And I was really intrigued, and I was trying to find a way to look down in there, but I just I couldn't get there. And, and it was too dangerous to get right to the edge. And so I'm waiting around there, wondering what it was. And the guy from South Africa finally came down the mountain. He caught up with me. He was puffing, panting. Uh, it had been a hard climb down. And he stopped, and he looked out the hole, and he let out a few choice words, and he picked up a rock, not knowing I'd done that, and he tossed it down, and uh, clank, it hits something metal. And, and neither one of us could figure out what it was, except we agreed that it did not sound like hitting a tin can or an aluminum can or anything like that. But there was no way we could get to where we could look into it. After a while... We had to keep going. After all, we were there to hunt elk, not holes in the ground. We kept on going ahead. We did tell the other guy about it when we came back. He was a guy, he was from 
South Louisiana, and he didn't know where he was much. That was about the end of it. We finally left the next day or so to head on out. The hunt had not been successful for trophy elk. As we got out, I just remembered that hole, and I knew that I wanted to come back and see it and find it at some point. But as you know, life gets busy. The guy from South Africa, he went back to South Africa. Nobody ever saw him again. The guy from South Louisiana went back. He'd had a good time, but didn't want to come back hunting there. I had lots of things to do. I was involved in all my ministry there, doing lots of Bible clubs, speaking a lot of places, working at the wilderness camp, all those things. I just didn't have time really to hike back into where I was to find that hole in the ground and see what was there. And a couple or three years actually went by. And finally, one time, one spring, it was in in May, I decided, you know, I think I've got time here. I'm going to run in, hike in, and see if I can find that hole. And so Anne went with me. We left the kids with some friends, and we were just going to overnight it and hike up uh, that particular trail and creek head and go in there and find this uh, hole in the ground, whatever it was, and, and find out what it was. We had our ropes with us so that we could uh, kind of climb down into the hole, whatever it was. We hiked along there, and it was still May, and we got to a certain place on the trail where suddenly there was a lot of snow yet, like two and a half feet in some places that covered everything. There was no way we were getting on up to where I knew that hole was. And I knew it was going to be a while to find it. I knew about where it was, but I'd only been there once in my life. So Ann and I didn't get to it then. Uh, we spent the night, one of the coldest nights I've ever spent in my life. We hiked on out, knew that we'd have to come back a different time. And I think it was about a year later that I finally decided what I was going to do. I was going to take one of the backpacking trips and I was going to go that direction. I would take the backpack trip going up the trail where we wanted to go. In the meantime, we would stop at the, the right location and go and find that hole in the ground. So we loaded up with our backpacks. We had full packs and we also loaded up some ropes and climbing equipment. And we went in, it was a group, as I recall, of about 10 or 12 campers, and then uh, probably three leaders, four leaders. And we hiked into the place, got there, uh, camped at the one campground where I'd camped with the guys that I was guiding the one time. There was a little campground there. And I told the kids then, this is what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to try to find that hole in the ground. Well, they were all excited about it. They knew some of the stories. And so the next day, we spent the whole morning looking around. I knew about the direction I'd been. And we're all hiking up that area, trying to find where this hole in the ground is. And I will tell you, it was much more difficult than I remembered. 
First of all, it was probably a little bit farther than I thought it was. It was a little more up the mountain than I remembered it was. But eventually, we found the hole in the ground. And everybody was very, very excited. I think we threw a rock in. We didn't hear anything. I finally decided I should be the one to go in. So we took ropes, tied them to a, a safe tree, and I rappelled down into that hole. And that's where things got a little bit scary for me, a little bit. I was going down there. The hole was probably no more than 30 feet deep, maybe not quite that deep. It was very kind of rocky and sandy as I was going down. And it started to get very dark very quickly. And in my mind, uh, first of all, I don't like closed-in paces too much. I had read a lot of stories. I was getting pretty uncomfortable. Well, I rappelled down to the bottom, and there was quite a little pile of dirt in one area. And I will have to admit to you, it never crossed my mind to take either a little shovel down with me or something to move that dirt a little bit to see what the rock had hit when it went clank. I didn't think about that. And once I got down there, my mind was playing all sorts of tricks on me. And I think I was starting to get a little bit scared. I don't really believe in ghosts, but I read a lot about the ghosts of the mind. I don't like close in places. And that was playing with my mind. But I'm still looking around and I didn't kick the dirt and, and I regret that I didn't. But I didn't. And I got down there and I'm standing on a kind of a little floor area. And from where I was, there were two separate kind of tunnels going away. One was going off to the left and it wasn't as steep. And there was one off to the right and it looked like it just dropped off the world. Well, you know, by now I'm great at throwing rocks. So I took a rock and I threw it down that one, whether it was a shaft or tunnel or hole, and the rock was going down, down, down. And I don't know how long it took before I could hear it hit, click the bottom. It was probably four or five seconds at least, and that seems like forever when you're listening. That was a deep, deep hole, and it was pitch black. Now, this was before the time of any really good headlamps. I know there were some. I did not own one at the time. I think I had one flashlight with me, but it wasn't very good. And I tried to shine it down in there. All I could see were rocks going down like this cavern. It was really a lot of rocks. It went down and I was ready. And in fact, I think I threw my rappelling rope down there, but I realized that rope's not long enough to go down that far. And I was starting to get more and more scared. And so I, I didn't want to go down in that one. And everybody above me is saying, what's down there, Jim? Tell us what's going on. And I'm trying to tell them. And, but 
at the same time, I, I wasn't quite sure. And so then I was looking at the other side, the, where, where the, it was kind of a tunnel went off. It wasn't as steep. It went back in there. Again, it was tight. I couldn't see anything back in there. I cannot tell you why to this day. I chose not to even try to go in there. Now, again, it was a little bit of a drop, but it wasn't like the other one. It, it was narrow, but I would have fit. And I honestly don't know what it was. To this day, I don't know if those were man-made. I don't know if those were natural. I don't know if I found a mine and left it or what. But I do know there's a lot of gold in that country. So sometime you might ask me about my mine, and I'll tell you about it, but I probably won't tell you where it is. It's somewhere in Colorado. Well, this is Cowboy Jim, Stories Around the Campfire. I'll see you next time.